let go of what the future is supposed to look like. Let go of that. Be in the present. Be in the now. And as you follow your heart, follow your heart first, and then let the brain take over to guide you in that. Don't do it the other way around. Because we tend to start with here, and then we want to fall in love with that. No, fall in love with this, whatever it is now. And then this, your mind will take over to help you in that right direction. So that's what I would say. Follow your heart first. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Asha. I am excited to have you here and honored to have you share your story and wisdom with our community. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So why don't you share a little bit about the work that you do now and your big mission in the world? So the work that I do now, um, you know, I think that's a that's an amazing question because I think we're so used to saying we do one thing. So you know, if I have to say what I do as a profession, I'm a, I'm a periodontist, so I'm a dentist um, during the day. But in terms of the work that I do, where I am right now in my life, I feel like I am in a space of discovering myself and recreating myself. And in that, um, finding my voice and speaking. Um, and so where I am now is I feel like there are a lot of things that need to be discussed that are not talked about, especially uh, amongst women. So I'm here to share one piece of my story. You know, we all have so many stories and we're not just, you know, there's so many chapters of our life. Um, but I am here to talk, discuss, um, bring out of the darkness the things that um, we like to hold behind a closet and open up that closet and then see what happens. So good. Yeah, you're so right. I watch all the reality shows. Well, not all of them. I watch The Bachelor in particular. And it always says, you know, a little description about what they are, a nurse, a teacher, whatever. And I'm like, do we really need to keep putting those labels out there? Like, is that all we are? And the answer, of course, is no. So I'm glad that you voice that first and foremost. Yeah. You know, and it's like when you ask somebody, um, tell me about yourself that's the first thing we go for, like, you know, what we do as a profession and we, yeah. we label ourselves that that's who we are. Um, and if you take your profession away for a second and you ask somebody, um, tell me about yourself. So many people are left silent because then they don't know what to say. Right. Um, and then when you're in that space, cause I was in that space, that's when you realize I need to figure stuff out. <laughs> Exactly. So take us back to that point. What was going on in your life? What's the backstory to you just having that light bulb moment of I need to figure this out and something is off and I'm also not sharing my my truth? Um, you know, as I was approaching the age of 40, I'm going to age myself a little bit. <laughs> um, I started to get in a space where I had more free time, you know, um, as a career woman and mother of three, three children, being busy was the norm. You know, you're in the hamster wheel and you're just so used to being productive. And when I had more free time, um, it became uncomfortable because I didn't know what to do. And I no longer had excuses of why I couldn't do. You know, the kids didn't need me as much as they used to. They needed me in a different way. Emotionally, as they become older, that's a whole other story. But then I didn't know what I enjoyed doing. And I realized 
that that downtime, the silence being by yourself, um, I never did that. Um, and that was a big red flag that something's not right. Like I should be overjoyed of I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go do that. And I didn't know what to do. And I was a little lost in that. Um, and that's when I realized how disconnected I was from myself because I was so used to being a role for everybody else in my life. Um, and that was the beginning of me trying to surrender to say, Hey, I need help. You know, especially when you are that person that tries to be Wonder Woman and tries to handle everything because you're so good at it. Internally, people don't recognize when maybe you're not in a good space. So I had to admit it to myself. Um, I think I need help. I think I need to figure out a lot of things that I kind of ignored for much of my life. And, you know, every step gets you to the next. Um, and so I reached out. You know, whether, and when I say help, I would say you define what help means to you and what feels good to you. You know, whether it's a trusted friend, whether it's going through therapy, whether it's going to wisdom teachers, you know, that's where I connected more in a spiritual realm um, to open up a lot of things that needed to be opened. And that's when I started to um, rediscover, you know, what I used to enjoy as a kid. You know, somehow growing up into an adult became boring and we make adulthood boring. I don't know why, you know, so I started to tap into a lot of things that I used to enjoy doing. Um, meditation was huge. Um, recentering. So there were so many things that led me, but it started off with I had the time and I didn't know what to do with it. And it made me uncomfortable. And you said you reached out. So who did you who was the first person you connected with? So, you know, um, I first was just going on YouTube and looking up meditation because I could see when people talked about meditation that it was something amazing. And I always was like, again, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I never did it. And I had so many rules in my head of what I thought it was. And I'm, I was like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Forget about it. So I started looking up things on YouTube. I started reading a lot of books on the spiritual realm of just going through a journey of life. Um, one thing led to another, and then I got in touch with a spiritual teacher in California, and he was the one who helped me. Um, his name is Riz Mirza. He was the one who helped me unlayer a lot of things, like soul surgery, um, and helped me tap into meditation and other ways of healing. You know, especially for me, coming from a science background as a dentist, we're so trained in one way of um, treatment. And that opened up my door to everything else in terms of Eastern. Um, and I'm from India. So, you know, spirituality is like the norm, but it's not really because no one really knows what to do. They like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so this was more of like putting, putting it into practice. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I love the description of soul surgery. So what did that look like for you? What was uncovered? What had to be healed? You know, um, and I say this often with many women that I talk to, you know, to heal the adult woman, you have to heal the little girl first. So you have to go back in time to things that, um, you know, sh things that happened along the way that shifted you, you know, um, you know, childhood, you know, I was born and raised in the projects of New York city. Um, that's a very different upbringing. You, you tend to build layers in front of yourself for protection. Like, am I safe? Um, you feel like less than because you're growing up in a different way. You know, you came with, came, uh, my parents came from India with very little money. So it was some of that, a feeling like I don't belong. 
Um, and then there's a lot of other things that happen. You know, as a child, we we tend to um, listen to what we're told by our by adults, by society, and then you start becoming someone else apart from the magical being that you are. And I had to really detach from a lot of the conditioning of like what I was supposed to do in my life, um, the rules that I was supposed to follow, especially being a female, you know, the, the checklist of what's considered a successful life. You know, you have the career, you have the partner, you have the kids, you have the house. And when you have all that and you still feel like something's missing, um, it's so common and we don't talk about it. Because somewhere along the way you followed a checklist, but was that checklist yours or was it what everybody else is trying to get to? And then you get there and you're like, wait, I don't know if this was my checklist. So, yeah. And what did you find out was missing from your checklist or what was on your current checklist that wasn't actually yours? Being authentic. Like what is authenticity? And we often, um, don't know because we are so busy doing, you know, in this world of production, in this world of looking at what everybody else is doing and what we think we should be doing to be happy. You know, the rule of the unspoken rule of being in a relationship and having children, having the career, it may not be for you, but sometimes you're not even given the opportunity to even know, is this for me? Because you just do it. You know, we make such big decisions at a, such a young age, what our career is. You know, we finish high school, we go into college and you pick a major. What do I want to do for the rest of my life? You are 18 years old and you are making such a big decision, but that's how our society is, right? So we make so many decisions that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to explore because that's looked upon as, oh, you're wasting time. So this concept of time and this concept of if you've invested a lot of money into something or a lot of years into something, um, you don't want to make a change because then it's a waste of time. Like you just wasted your life. So that concept, we are all ingrained into believing, but it's never too late to make a change regardless of what it is. You know, and I will speak for myself. Um, I made a very big life change three years ago. Um, I decided finally to step in my truth and tell my partner that I think it was time for us to part ways. Being together for 25 years, um, that's a big number in society. You don't do that, you know, especially if you have three kids. So there's a lot that we have to give ourselves permission to grow and evolve and say that it's okay. The person that I was 20 years ago is not the person I am today. And can I grow? Can I continue to grow or do I have to stay in the mold of what I'm supposed to do because that's what we're taught. And what did you have to move through or face in order to have, you know, for example, that conversation with your spouse and actually make that decision? Um, I had to let go of fear because there's so much fear of the unknown, you know, in saying to my partner, I love you as a friend. Um, and that's where it's at. And that's okay if it's authentic to you. So that's what I'm trying to say. There's no rule. If that feels good to you and that's what you want, then that's what you should do. But if it doesn't feel authentic to you, then you do have to um, dig deeper. Uh, and I had to surrender to, if I make this decision, I don't know what the future holds. You know, um, I don't know where my life is gonna go. I don't know if I'm gonna meet someone. I don't know what's gonna happen to my kids. You know, having three teenagers and what the effect was gonna be with them. 
financial security. So there was so much fear, 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 fear. But the only thing that I knew was that it felt authentic to me and it felt good to me to say, this is exactly where I need to be in terms of saying, um, our relationship is, is changing. And I think it's okay to say that it's changing and it's okay for us to move forward in a different direction. So letting go of fear was huge. And when you surrender to that, it's kind of like, there's nothing else left to lose because you already did it. And then you just let things happen and you realize letting go of one fear lets you let go of so many other fears. It puts so much in perspective. You're like, oh, I used to be afraid of that. That's nothing now because I did this, which I thought I could never do. And I love how you just described that. And it made me realize how often we're making decisions based on unknowns versus what is currently the truth for us in that moment. Like you had the truth of it actually feels really good in this moment to say this to my partner and all the unknowns are the fears. And yet how often are we making decisions from that fear-based place, thinking about things that may or may not ever actually happen and then ignoring the stuff that is the truth right now. Always. We are, I mean, if you think about it, we are always afraid of what it's going to look like. What are people going to think? I mean, that's a big one. What are people going to think? Yeah. You know, and that holds us back on so many levels, whether it's something as simple as what you wear, how you look, what you're going to say. Um, And that was a big part for me was judgment. What are people going to think? You know, because to choose your happiness as a, as a female, when you're especially playing multiple roles for everybody, um, it feels selfish and you carry a lot of guilt, especially also when you have kids. Um, so even though I knew that I should do it, I was afraid of what was everyone going to think now. And then I got to the point that I thought, even if everybody thought I did something amazing, if I don't feel good about it, then what, what difference does it make? So I had to really change a lot of my perspective about life, about why I was here, about, um, you know, the biggest risk in life is not taking one. Am I going to sit the rest of my life thinking, what if? Um, So yeah, so that big shift um, has opened up a lot of doors and has closed some doors because that's just the way life is. What doors has it opened for you? Um, You know, I've always wanted to be... um, more aligned with who I am. So when we say connect back to the little child, I always loved to dance. I always loved art. I always loved um, connecting with people. And so now that fear of a lot of things was, was now not even in my realm of thinking, you know, when you are vibrating at a different space, you attract that. And so now I was connecting with people that I was more aligned with. And so we were creating and sharing stories and doing things that felt more like how I am versus being um, in environments that were not true to me. And then you end up doing things that are also not true to you. Um, So it brought in the people, like a new tribe of people, because I was now not the same person. You know, you have to go through, it's like a a death and a rebirth. And that rebirth version um, is going to jive with some people and not with others. Yeah, I was gonna ask that, you know, most of the time when we do work with our clients within my companies, a lot of it is around desires and you know who you really want to be and what's your truth. And oftentimes that does mean that they transform and other people in their life, at least some other people in their life, don't know how to handle that. 
And so there are relationships that, you know, die and relationships that transform. Did you experience anyone not understanding your choices and having issues with that? You know, um, one is one of the biggest surprises that I had in this entire, you know, transformation of, of a personal decision, which I felt was personal. Um, some of the inner circle of my friends who, you know, I went through a lot of my life thinking like, oh, I have my friends. I don't need more. <laughs> you know, I have my circle. I'm good. Um, and some women, and I'll, I'll just speak from a woman's perspective. Um, you will see something based on what you are going through. Like the, 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 the eyes that you see something yeah. and if it bothers you or it's, it's triggering you, there's something going on in here. Um, so I had some close friends that, um, didn't quite understand. And they thought that, oh, you're changing, you've changed. And my answer to that was, yes, I've changed because you don't go through this life situation, the same person. Yeah. But I was no longer recognizable to them. Things that I used to enjoy, I no longer enjoyed. The uh, things that I used to talk about with them, I no longer had an interest in. And so it wasn't personal, but I think many people sometimes don't know how else to take it. And so gradually it was people stepping back that, oh, we don't really know what's going on there. So we're just going to move back. Yeah. And I started to understand, wow, okay, so this is how it, how it works. As you are growing, um, you, you let go of things. Um, so that was a big shock to me. And it really forced me into understanding what self-love meant because I had to really learn who I was without all these people in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so interesting when people get activated by you changing, because like you said, you, sh you we should be changing throughout life. Like life is about growth. And I remember when I first moved to moved away from Ohio to London, England, I had multiple friends say to me, Oh, you think you're too good for us now. And I'm like, really? Like, is that what you're pulling from this? Me following my heart to another city and making it about yourself. And like you said, it's not actually about us. It's about them and the lens that they're viewing life through or whatever's going on for them internally. Maybe they had a desire to leave and didn't have the, you know, chance yeah. to do so or didn't take the chance. So I do think it's really interesting when that is the feedback, especially from other women. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's, it's a discussion to be had because some women struggle in silence. And I was one of those people, you know, we rarely talked about things like this. Um, so when you struggle in silence and you think that you're the only one, um, things like this become, it's like a trigger. Um, and then you look at that person uh, secretly like, I kind of want to do what they're doing, but I don't know how they're doing it. And so it becomes like a thing, like it's hard to feel happy when you, for them, when something in here is not. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a personal journey. So everyone's on a different journey. Um, and you're not here to look at the next person to compare. Inspired, yes, but to compare, no, because everybody's here to do something different. Exactly. Um, yeah. My husband always says, look at it with curiosity, not judgment. And, you know, get curious, like, why am I feeling this way about this situation? What am I jealous of? Why is this evoking emotion for me? What does that mean about me and my desires? And not use that comparison to harm yourself. But like you said, to inspire yourself.
Right. And it also takes, I think, um, giving yourself the time to pause and reflect, which we don't do. Like, like all these questions, which you just said, which are so relevant, you can only really look into that if you, if you pause a little bit. And we are so used to doing this, which is what I was always doing, just doing, 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 not assessing where I was in my life long enough to know that some changes needed to happen. Um, and sometimes some people don't want to hear it. Oh, I'm happy. I'm good. You have issues. Um, deal with that. I'm good. So sometimes ignorance is bliss up to a point where you can't handle it anymore. So, and it's okay. You know, I'm not here to judge anyone on that because I was there. Like I was the one that would judge other people and be like, oh my God, what is she doing? Oh my God. Like, you know, like I was in that space. So I'm not here to say anything negative about that. It does take time and it does take a personal growth or transformation or something to create a shift. And when you go through that, that's when you're able to look back at everything you did in your life and understand that from a different level and appreciate that. So to each his own. And, you know, if people like to walk with you on the journey, they will. And if they don't, that's okay. Yeah. And was anything else pivotal for you along your journey over the last few years, obviously speaking your truth, making some difficult decisions, taking the time to ask yourself questions like these, but was anything else helpful for you? Um, Honestly, the biggest thing has been sharing because when you become vulnerable, which is very difficult to do, especially when you're someone who takes pride in being the one who can do it. Like I could do it. I know it. I could handle it. And you, and you feel like you're the strong one and you know that people are looking at you from that lens, but then to be vulnerable and share things that were painful or hurtful. You know, there's power in that. And that's where I'm learning. These past two to three years, I'm learning how powerful it is to be vulnerable because that's not something we often allow ourselves to do. Um, and for me to speak about a lot of these personal things on a stage, on a, mi on a microphone, in front of people, um, I've done that. And as much as I, I, I can look at those videos and be like, oh, my God, oh, my God the effect that it's having on people, I realize, oh, this is greater than me. I understand that it's greater than me. There is healing. There's personal healing in me standing up there and speaking. That's a personal thing. But what it's doing for everybody else, only they know, but I know it's doing something. So I know that I have to keep doing it. Um, like there's no time left now to stay in the shadows. And I feel that for everyone. And, it's and how is this? Yeah. And how has this been from a cultural perspective for you? Oh, so coming from an Indian background, um, it's like your big fat Indian family. <laughs> um, you know, when you get married, it's a big family affair. It's not just two people. But when you get a divorce, nobody knows how to handle it. I, I don't I think people in general, I won't say it's Indian people in general, people don't know how to handle divorce. But in the Indian community, it is so hush hush. Nobody wants to talk about it. They're aware of it, but they don't even want to talk about it because it might be contagious. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of shame that goes along with that, especially when you are raised um, in a very traditional household. So when I shared this with my parents, I was afraid um, 
of what our family dynamic is going to look like because you know they're super dear to my heart wonderful relationship but i never opened up about my internal struggles like that um so it's been a learning process for them as indian parents of what does this mean because this is not anything that they're used to especially in front of a community like it's oh there's always a concern of what is the community going to think of us now are we that family with a daughter who has made this decision you know many people are going through things but they keep it quiet indian people keep a lot of things inside the home and i shattered that by writing a book and talking about it by getting on a stage posting things on social media where everybody's now aware because that's where I'm at. So um, from an Indian point of view, people are watching like, you know, with that, with that, that feeling of, oh my God, she's going there. Um, and it's creating a shift amongst people because they're reaching out to me privately and saying, thank you. So I appreciate that. So it takes, um, it takes being okay to be misunderstood. And I knew I had to, I knew I had to get to that point. That I'm okay with being misunderstood if for the greater good that it helps somebody else. Yeah. And you obviously are connected and have like a level of trust with yourself and you know what's your truth. Um, so you've been able to stand in that as well. Yeah. And also, you know, it's amazing because I have three kids um, who have been amazing through this entire process. You know, I'm so blessed. Um, not that it was easy, but it it's in a different space when you have three children who support you and say, mom, we're so proud of you. You know, at that point, whether it's a million people who are watching me, but it's those three that I see their faces and I'm like, thank you. You yeah. know, because I know that the shift that I have created, you are only going to learn by what you see me do versus what I try to preach to you. And I want them to know that at any point in their life, they are allowed to make a change. They are allowed to choose their authenticity, whatever that means. It doesn't matter. As long as you feel good about it, that's what I want for them. So that's been um, wonderful and I'm grateful. So tell us a little bit about your book. So my book, um, I've always enjoyed writing. And about two years ago, you know, I thought, you know, I had written a children's book just for my kids at home. And I thought, oh, let me put that out. I think it's something for me to put out. I, I love it. And as I was speaking to the publishing company, they said, um, you should write about something that is that you're passionate about, that you just can't stop writing about, that you feel like you just have to talk about it. And that's when I realized, oh, the children's book, I love it. But right now in my life, it's about all of these women's, women topics that I just can't stop writing about. And that's when I decided what I was kind of saving as a personal diary, I decided to do a lot of editing and make this um, a book about the journey beyond being a mother, a wife and daughter. So the roles that we play, I share some parts of my personal story, um, ancestral conditioning, childhood trauma. Like I touch on a lot of different topics in a very brief way, just to kind of light a spark. Um, for anyone who's reading it to know that it's, that it's okay. You're not alone. Um, the struggles are real and you're allowed to choose your happiness. So in a gist, that's what my book is about. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm grateful to know that even men are reading it. <laughs> 
Because at the end of the day, you know, yes, there are women roles that we play, but also men are in that same situation of playing roles to be the provider um, and being the one who supposedly you know, runs the household. So everyone's going through something. Everyone should give each other the space to go through it, um, to find healing and then to move forward. And where can people find you and the book? So the book is on Amazon. It's called Who Is She? The Journey Beyond Being a Mother, Wife, and Daughter. So it's on Amazon. Um, I launched it in January. It became a number one bestseller. I was so happy. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, and so it's the gift that keeps on giving because the private messages that I continue to get, um, it just touches my heart. And you're on, do you have a website or Instagram? So my website is imasharani.com. And my Instagram is Dr. Underscore Asha underscore Tooth Fairy. Love it. Yeah, I happen to be a dentist on my side gig. <laughs> <laughs> so the final question I have for you today is something we ask all of our guests. What is one way that people can create a life that's better than their dreams and exceeds their wildest expectations? Um, I would say let go of what the future is supposed to look like. Let go of that, be in the present, be in the now. And as you follow your heart, follow your heart first, and then let the brain take over to guide you in that. Don't do it the other way around. Because we tend to start with here and then we wanna fall in love with that. No, fall in love with this, whatever it is now. And then this, your mind will take over to help you in that right direction. So that's what I would say, follow your heart first. Thank you so much. I love it. Couldn't agree more. Well, thank you for your time. So appreciate you and your work you're doing in the world. And thank you for your bravery and taking a stand for not only yourself, but for everyone else living out their aligned life. Um, just so appreciate your time and your energy. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I love working with driven women to help them reach their next level of success and to become more of who they were designed and destined to be. So if you are looking for support in my private coaching practice in business, life, with your money, your mindset, your health, your relationships, all of the above, go to emilywilliams.com services to learn more and book a complimentary call with me to see what program might be the right fit. I'd love to work with you.